Today's Happy Healthy You podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com forward slash happy healthy you. Over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle or MP3 player. to even bring this up on Happy Healthy You, the podcast. Hi, everybody. I'm Connie Bowman. Yeah, bringing up breast cancer is not fun for me. For all of us women out there, the thought of breast cancer, a diagnosis, even the thought of going for your yearly mammogram can just bring terror. (laughs) I know it has for me, and I've had those callbacks for my mammogram, and I know a lot of you out there have as well. And Breast Cancer Awareness Month in October, I thought I I needed to do a podcast about this. So with me today is Dr. Mary Sidwani. She's a hypnotherapist who's been in private practice since 2000. She's also an RN, and she's certified in clinical hypnosis and cancer support. And her educational background includes a bachelor's in behavioral science, a master's in clinical hypnotherapy, and a doctor in counseling psychology and psychotherapy. And she's also a professional speaker who's worked at NASA presenting there as well as other institutions and she is an author in the book Heart to Heart The Path to Wellness in which she wrote about her traumatic experience with her own breast cancer diagnosis and through that experience she has come to develop a sort of a protocol to help other women heal from the trauma that comes with a diagnosis or even a biopsy or, or I mean, anything surrounding cancer. It doesn't have to be breast cancer, any cancer. It's just so traumatic. And there's so much fear that comes up with it. And I, I just feel like we're so vulnerable. Thank you so much for talking about this, Mary, because I think, I think it'll be healing for a lot of our listeners. So why don't you tell about your story? And I want to thank you so much for this opportunity today to talk about this. Um, I'd be very honored to share my experience and what I discovered along the way and, and hopes and great hopes it would help another woman or anyone through a cancer diagnosis. So succinctly, what happened was that um, I was called back, as you had mentioned, for an a- after an annual mammogram. And this occurred many times to me in the past in that past 20 years because I have dense breast tissue and have some calcifications, so I was not alarmed. So I go back, um, which was September 26, 2013. It's strange we have these kind of dates Mm -hmm. seared into our memory. (laughs) And I'm expecting to say, okay, see you in six months, as they normally do, and the technician comes to me and says, the radiologist needs to see you. And uh, my stomach just drops, and I intuitively know, like, this is not good. And she was very, radiologist was very, very kind. And she said, okay, she had my my films up in front of her in this dark room. And she, from 2010 on, and she said, do you see how these calcifications have increased and suddenly clustered on the right side? And she said, that's never good. You need to see a surgeon right away. So by the time I got home, my OBGYN had called me three times. And uh, she was, I think she was more upset than I was. And so she said, Mary, you need to call this, here's a surgeon, please call him right away. And so I did. And I was amazed about how this process goes so quickly. So I saw the surgeon within one week. 
And then one week after that, I had a biopsy. One week after that, I get the phone call, even though I was, I was told you only have a 20% chance of it being malignant. I was told you do have breast cancer. It was ductal cell carcinoma in situ, stage zero. And he said, um, but yet he gave me a lot of frightening statistics because he said, we really don't know Mary to a go for the lumpectomy until we get the final path report. You know, apparently preliminary, preliminary uh, findings are showing this, but, you know, let's do the surgery and we'll know for sure. Um, so I had the surgery two weeks after that. And about three weeks after that, as incision healed, I had a month long course of radiation because even though it was stage zero, which I felt very blessed and fortunate about, they wanted to be sure it did not recur. Mm-hmm. And so I would love to share um, more in detail my journey. Yes, yes. Let's go back to your biopsy. Was it a stereotactic biopsy or a, a surgical biopsy? Um, it was stereotactic. Okay. So, um, I'm which so is glad. very traumatic yes. in itself. <laughs> I've had one. It was not pleasant. No. And, you know, that was, um, being a hypnotherapist for many years, I, um, okay, so I guess I'll start here. As I was very honored to share in our other podcast about the three levels of consciousness we have, basically, we have conscious mind, unconscious mind, spirit consciousness. And so as I'm sitting in this little tiny waiting room in a hospital waiting for my biopsy, I was really moving into spirit consciousness. I was really picking up on the energy about around these women around me, and they just look so traumatized. And um, I'm sending like love and light to them, and I'm thinking. I kept getting message from spirit. You're here for. You need to help people through this. Like it, this is. You're going through this. So you can help others through this. And I thought, okay, that's what the end result is. That's fine. As long as like you know, that's fine. So. It just broke my heart. I mean, it looked like zombies, like people just had this look in their eyes, like just I, trauma. I know trauma. exactly what you're talking about. I felt like this, I felt mm-hmm. the same exact mm-hmm. thing. In fact, when I left after my biopsy, which was fine, it came back negative, thank God. Oh, yes, thank you. Um, but of course, they want me to come back and over and oh, over yes. again, you know, yes. you know, the, the whole deal. Yeah, the whole but I got in my car, my husband, thankfully, was driving, and I burst into tears. And I, yes. I know it wasn't all for me. I just felt that yes. that mm-hmm. stress and that sadness and that terror that yes. that is just permeating that room. It's yes. really, it's, it's really bad. And it's an epidemic and women need to come together so we're we're yes. glad we have you so <laughs> so, so carry on so, your story sorry so, i um, had to interject that no please do <laughs> please interject at any time um and so initially um up to the time of the biopsy which was from september 26th to october 10th on a conscious level i thought okay i, I immediately left the radiologist office september 26th even though i didn't know for sure immediately in fear i immediately shifted into fear sure and I thought, okay, <laughs> what would you tell a client who's going through this? I thought, you do this for a living. Okay, so what would you tell them? And uh, because being also being a nurse so many years, I knew I had to shift out of fear. If not, we activate the nervous system the, with prolonged stress through activating what is known as the HPA axis, okay. which is a set of complex a complex set of relationships and signals that exist between the hypothalamus, pituitary, and adrenals. And so it'll start spilling out um, adrenaline, norepinephrine, epinephrine. 
and that's going to cause adrenal fatigue. It's going to cause us to have insomnia, could cause headaches, could cause lower immunity, digestive issues, a whole host of adverse effects, unfortunately. So being the old nurse that I am as well, I thought, you know, this is not good for my body. And my, I've got, I have to shift out of the fear and I need to be there for my family. I need to be there for my clients. And so I started working on the conscious level and I thought, okay, what I would tell a client, the most simple thing to do would be to start breathing in deeply and exhaling slowly five times. Mm -hmm. Because through past research I discovered was in one of my clinical journals, um, there was a study uh, at one of the teaching hospitals, I don't recall which one, unfortunately, that if we do five slow deep breaths, we will automatically shift from sympathetic nervous system response, which is fight or flight mm -hmm. response to uh, parasympathetic. Oh, sympathetic yes. is fight or flight. Yes, I said, yes, yes. I said parasympathetic. Okay, sympathetic is fight or flight. Yes. Parasympathetic is, is, we want. is the one we want. Yes, yeah, yeah, we want that balance. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so sympathetic, we want to shut that off because they can't exist, coexist. Right. So when one shifts off, shuts off, one comes on. Okay. So just five slow deep breaths will take us into this parasympathetic response. So I'm doing that. And he also did um, affirmations on a conscious level. So um, the mind loops repetition, so I would say three times each throughout the day. My particular ones were, um, I'm strong, calm, and balanced. I'm the power of healing. And um, I'm happy and peaceful. So that was helping me to calm down. I felt my body calm down. I did that many, many times throughout the day. Now, when I went for the biopsy, um, as you were saying, unfortunately, the it, it triggered, we triggered the traumatic feelings and panicky feelings. Even though everybody was lovely, like the nurse was wonderful, the tech was wonderful, the surgeon mm -hmm. was wonderful, they're very compassionate. I walk into this room and this, after this waiting room experience where I can just feel and see the trauma all around me, I go into this hospital room and I have to lay down on a table and um, as you've unfortunately experienced as well, and my affected was breast was the right breast, and it's hanging through this hole in this in this table. It's a barbaric experience. It, it, it is. It's it like is. a torture device. <laughs> it's crazy. And I think, um, just as Connie very wisely and aptly said, I was not prepared for that at all. And even though I was a nurse for many years, I wasn't in that field, so I did not know any more than anybody else right. what to expect. Right. And so I'm laying on this table. My head is turned to the left with my left arm down, my right arm above my head. I can breathe, but I can't move. Mm -hmm. And so what's happening is this, there's a mammogram machine coming up underneath of me and grabbing and twisting the right breast repeatedly. This went on for one hour. They could not find the site because for me, it was all the way... It was on my right side, almost toward the back, towards the rib cage. Like that's how far back it was. At one point, it was rather comical. Um, they had me put the go, okay, Mary, put your arm through the hole. <laughs> and so my breast is through the hole. And then I look down and I see the surgeon, the tech, and the nurse all underneath of me pulling my breast and manipulating my right breast. And I'm thinking, I feel like I'm getting an oil change of some sort. Like it was just it's crazy. It was crazy. Yeah. It was just, I thought, this is so absurd, absurd and bizarre. I, <laughs> And they said, um, they kept saying, you're okay, you're okay. And I said, well, you have to find it. So, you know, just keep going as long as you can keep going. So they were about to give up and take me into the OR and use a guide wire technique of some sort. 
And so the fear and the pain are increasing. Now they're okay. My breathing affirmations are kind of not working anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> at that <laughs> point, out the window. Right. Yeah. And so I'm looking. I thought, okay, okay, find. You do this for a living. Find another technique. So I thought I'll use a focus technique. That'll take me. Um, that'll give me like a hyper-focused state, like a trance state, like what happens in hypnosis. So I can only look to the left, <laughs> and I see this photo of this beautiful flower. And so I'm like, okay, do your deep breathing. And I'm, I'm just looking at this flower. I'm being drawn in by the reds and the oranges. I can still visualize it. And I'm thinking, okay, I wonder who took that beautiful photo. Where was that? Where's the location of that? Um, I wonder what that, that flower smells like. I should, I should notice flowers more. <laughs> just dragging it on as long as you could till they got it i'm dragging it on more and more and all of a sudden i'm aware of the nurse saying she's whispering in my left ear what are you doing and i said excuse me and she said i've never seen anyone be this calm and 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 steady and then they nicknamed me me the trooper (laughs) because it was going on at that point i think it was 45 minutes i mean i had no idea and I said, well, I'm doing this certain focus technique, so I can't talk right now, but I will share it with you. I'd be honored and happy to share it with you when I'm done, and I'd love for you to share it with other women who are going through this. She goes, oh, yeah, yeah, tell me what you're doing. So finally, after an hour, they're about to give up, literally. And the next thing in there, I hear the technician go, oh, we got it. I see it. And I'm thinking, I just went, oh, thank God. <laughs> and so then... They do the biopsy, they, they aspirate the cells, and um, and everything's over, and I go slowly to sit up after this hour-long torture chamber, she aptly named it, and the nurse gasps, and she said, Mary, your bright breast is twice the size of the left, and it's eggplant purple, <sighs> and it was filled with clots, and she's like, just keep putting ice bags on, it's going to take a long time to dissipate, and so I'm like, okay, so... <laughs> So I'm continuing. I have to wait about a week to get the results. I'm continuing doing my focus technique, mm-hmm. my breathing, you know, my, uh, uh, my affirmations. affirmations. Thank you. So I get a phone call October 16th, but well, six days later, and I hear, um, Mrs. Sidwani, you it's found that you have, do, you have ductal cell carcinoma in site two, stage zero. I felt as if the floor beneath me was opening up. I was standing in the kitchen. All of a sudden, I just felt myself like go against the kitchen counter. I felt like Alice and going down the rabbit hole. I was just spiraling down and I'm struggling to hear what the surgeon's saying to me. And I'm thinking, okay, you have to focus on what he's saying. And I'm doing my deep breathing and I grab a pad and a pen. And he went on for about 50 minutes with the most frightening. And he did not mean to, he was a very kind, compassionate man, but I, I know that he felt like he needed to give me as much information as possible. He went on for about 50 minutes mm. with every worst-case scenario, um, all the data, all the percentages, all the statistics, um, all the treatment options, and he's like, okay, we need to schedule surgery as soon as possible. So we scheduled it for October 30th, 2013, and... Um, I then immediately, I'm in trauma. Um, my wonderful husband, my two great children, my wonderful friends and family were so supportive and loving. They couldn't have been more great, except that 
when when a woman gets that kind of a phone call, you still very feel very alone. Mm-hmm. Like there's something I still couldn't express. Like even though they're with me, I feel alone. Mm-hmm. I felt very vulnerable, very very traumatized, extremely traumatized. I've never felt so frightened in my entire life. Mm. And so. Um, I knew that I had to, as a hypnotherapist, I knew I had to go into the unconscious level of the mind, the deeper level of the mind, to bring me through this trauma. And so I had been working on the conscious level with the breathing, the focus technique, the affirmations. Um, I also used some other techniques, um, and I would be more than happy for anyone to email me at mary at womenstherapeutic.com if they would like me to share some of the other techniques I used, calming techniques I used to get through it on a conscious level. Um, So then I went into the unconscious mind and I thought, you know, I have to go deep into the mind to help the mind let go of this trauma. And I saw where with any trauma, we need to move from fear to acceptance and then to transformation. But first mm-hmm. we have to go to the acceptance. Mm-hmm. I wrote about that in my book. Oh, did you? Yes, yes, the did acceptance you? phase. It's so important. It and is important. Yeah, yeah. And you know what I also, when you said that, it triggered in me a, a thought. It's almost like a grieving process. Mm-hmm. It's very, very similar to a grieving process. It's like this, I remember thinking, this cannot be happening to me. And the first thing, my daughter came home right away from college and um I open the door and she just drops her bags and just starts sobbing. And she said, Mom, how could, you're the least person this would ever happen to. You're a med- meditate, you do yoga, you know, you are healthy, you know, you're a happy person, you know, you love what you do. And, she, and I said, oh, I, I said, I appreciate that, honey. That's kind of how I feel too, but I'm going to be, everything's going to be okay. And I was just reassuring her. So I went on into the unconscious mind. I thought, I have to do this to bring me through. This is just most traumatic thing I've ever been through and so the first thing I did was I loaded guided healing meditations on my iPod and so all night long I played it on a loop and initially I woke up I woke up every hour on the hour drenched in perspiration my heart just pounding in fear and I realized you know this is like PTSD and I could uh-huh. hear his voice like I heard the surgeon's voice like mm-hmm. going Mrs. Sidwani you have ductal carcinoma," mm-hmm. and I'm thinking oh dear god this you know I'm in PTSD, like I, I just need to keep doing this. So I knew that if I just kept listening to these meditations every night, I played it on a loop all night long, the mind would work through repetition, the unconscious mind would start to take hold of these nurturing, nourishing, healing suggestions. They were all about safety, you're the power of healing, you can tap, tap into the unconscious mind to bring you through this. Um, as a nurse, I knew that the unconscious mind controls hundreds of process of the body. So I thought I am the power of healing. I can bring myself through this and, and uh, you know, bring healing to my body. Um, I also went into self-hypnosis every day. And I teach self-hypnosis monthly because it's a very, very powerful tool to transform our lives. So just real quickly, the benefits of self-hypnosis is that just 15 minutes just 15 minutes of self-hypnosis is equivalent to one hour of deep restful sleep um it it's, increases the production neurotransmitter serotonin so it's very calming it's a calming and centering technique so i use those same affirmations i use in the conscious state um i'm strong calm and balanced i'm the power of healing i'm happy and peaceful and i would say that three times each and take myself into self-hypnosis mm-hmm. and i would see myself just calming 
so the surgery fine, going through radiation, everything fine. Um, and that, that helped me tremendously. I also use self-hypnosis to just talk to my body because the body has great has a great capacity here on innate wisdom. And so I went to self-hypnosis, I went to the body to ask about treatment options. And I immediately got the message, yes, for the surgery, no for a medication they wanted me to take for five years, that even the surgeon said, I don't think you really need to take that, and it had many adverse effects, and I thought, I got no on that. And the radiation, I got a conflict, like an inner conflict, it wasn't sure. So I kept going deeper into my mind, asking questions, and what I got was, if we don't do this, it might recur. There was a fear there. If we do do it, it might harm our body. So I, I asked my, I went into spirit conscious, my higher self, which has the answers to all of our problems, all of our, all of our quandaries, and I said, what can I do? And I immediately saw white beams of light. And so what I realized, my spirit consciousness, my higher self was telling me, was envision white beams of light coming towards when you were in radiation. See it as white beams of light that will not harm your body, but will prevent the cancer recurring. So, so that is what I did. Um, and so I just continued to go into self-hypnosis. Um, the surgery, thankfully, did go well. Uh, the final path report was on my birthday, November 8th. <laughs> so I hoped that was a good omen. And he said, you know, it was stage zero. All the borders were clear. Uh, I still want you to do the, do the radiation because we just don't want it to recur. And um, I thought, okay. So I did radiation for, uh, daily for a month. And New Year's Eve, December 31st, 2013, was my final radiation. And I did keep seeing it as white beams of light mm. every time the radiation started. Healing light. Yes, healing mm. light. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. You know what struck me when you started talking about this, Mary? It's such a gift that you were so present and you were so skilled at what you do as a oh. hypnotherapist that you were able to be so present with this experience. And even though it was fearful and traumatic, that you were able to be there not only for yourself, but then you rose above it, sort of, and were able to really say, okay, this is working. I'm going to remember this for my patients. Yes, yes, So what a wonderful gift that, you. that you've come through this so beautifully. And there was a purpose. There's always a reason yes. for this. I mean, that's hard to, hard to really grasp. But I'm so glad you yeah. said that because yeah. that actually was the next thing that came to mind to relay was that I did see where every storm in our life, every trauma in our life, whether it's a breast cancer diagnosis, whether it's something about someone losing their job, a relationship issue, financial issue, whatever it is, there's always a gift in it. And as we go into the unconscious mind, that takes us to spirit consciousness. Mm -hmm. So that's our higher self. So it always knows why something occurred. There's always a gift in the trauma. There's always a blessing. And also the word challenge, I'll say that. There's always a... A gift and the challenge and what I have found is the gift is that it forces us to slow down and focus on our lives mm. so each of us every one of us has come here for a purpose and the trauma the challenge in life whatever it is forces us to slow down and and focus on that purpose okay and so especially for women I think you know that's why I only work with women even though I have great empathy and compassion for men as well I was guided by spirit to only work with women and teens, be children, because we have so much in our plates. 
Mm-hmm. We're always giving, giving, giving. Mm-hmm. We're always trying to be the best mom or the best daughter, the best sister, the best wife, you know, all these partner, whatever, whatever, best employee. Um, and so I saw how it forces us to say, you know, I need to put boundaries up in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not well, one day. One day for me personally, it was like, well, one day I'll go back to my artwork. One day I'll do more hiking. Mm-hmm. One day, you know, and I kept um, allowing certain folks in my life who I love, loved and loved dearly to keep distracting me, mm-hmm. you know, and saying, okay, um, I, you know, they need me. And I would get so drained by emailing them or calling them or texting them back or being there for them. I didn't have anything left for me. Mm-hmm. You know, and I thought, well, one, one day I'll, I'll do that. I'll do more for me. And so then it was like, you know what? I, I, this is the time for me to change my life. This is the time I, I still want to be loving and kind and giving, but I need to, to turn that around for me. Mm. What a beautiful message for women. And when you Thank think you. of breast cancer and that whole area of the body and the heart chakra, it's really, it really is wrapped up oh, in, in the heart chakra and that yes. love. And there is a time for giving, but there's also a time as as the divine feminine energy that we are, to be receptive. Oh, absolutely. And to accept the love and the, the nurturance from others. So That was a beautiful point. Because I think for many women, too, that go through this, it, it's, we're so used to handling everything. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, oh, I'm okay. I kept saying, I'm okay. I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Even though, you know, as I was going more in spirit consciousness, they, I kept getting the message, don't keep saying you're okay. Say. It doesn't make you vulnerable. It doesn't make you weak. It's not a, you're not a burden. That was you're not a burden to anyone. Mm. Just share with them, like you know, I'm really afraid. Like this is really frightening to me. So I kept, you know, I did say more to my close friends and my husband and my children. I, I'm going to be okay, but yet I'm also afraid. This is frightening. This is frightening I think that's me. really an important message for women yeah. because this breast cancer diagnosis is becoming more and more prevalent. Yes. And DCIS in particular, I have another podcast that I did with uh, Donna Pinto, who she had yeah. a, a horrific experience with DCIS. And she's she's done so much research on the stage zero yes. cancers that are being diagnosed. And there's actually some question about it. The, That's true. You know, whether it would ever develop into yes. cancer. But I wonder if you could go into your spirit consciousness that you're so tapped into and maybe ask the question, what is up with this? I mean, is that a possibility that we can look at it from a higher level? And what is up with this breast cancer? Maybe it is a heart chakra mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. What what, what, what are question. you getting? What a great question. Um, you know, what came to me uh, when I kept when I moved into spirit consciousness, was that I could see that we all see from this higher point of view. From I merged to higher self and could see it from expanded point of view, and it was indeed that this is all happening so that women will step into their power. They will begin to nurture and nourish themselves. So they are constantly nurturing and nourishing to others. Um, that it's time. I think, too, for female leaders, for us to keep coming forth into our power. And it's it's really important for us to have great compassion for ourselves and for all the places that hold all that hurt. Because I saw for myself, I was holding back so much because I never wanted to bother anyone or disturb anyone. I was like, oh, I'll help, I'll help, I'll be there, I'll be there. But I didn't want to burden anyone. I, I was like, oh, well, I can handle this myself. I, I can deal with this myself. And so I saw where we hold that in and it's not good to hold that negative energy in our body. 
And like you said, then we're not receiving and it's out of balance then. Mm-hmm. And I remember Louise Hay, I believe the book is called um, You Can Heal Your Life. Mm-hmm. And so she had, and there's also a book by John Kappas, MD, who is called, I believe it's called Body Syndromes. And they both talk about um, an issue with the body and how it's related to an emotional issue always. Mm-hmm. Breast cancer, both of them say, is always issued to being drained. Mm-hmm. It's always, we're, we're drained. So I feel it's all about us filling ourselves up with self-love, self-worth, self-value, self-esteem, self-acceptance, doing things that give us joy and pleasure, not keeping putting ourselves on the back burner, you know, saying that we need to balance our lives more. Yes, we, we can still be there for our family, our spouse, children, our friends, but we need to be there for ourselves. We need to be present for ourselves. And that goes along with standing up to doctors when treatments oh. may not feel, because you, you turned down certain treatments, yes, I, I know, and, and really during the research for ourselves that we need to yes. do to be our own best advocate. Yes. So do you want to just address that a little bit before? Yes, I, I think it's so important to go into the body and ask it. The body, again, has innate wisdom and great capacity to heal. And so I think it's so important. Nobody knows more what's better for you than yourself and to trust those instincts and so i mean a great way to do it is just to close your eyes and start doing those five slow deep breaths and just go into your body and start thinking about like one treatment option at a time and many times what happens is um we'll get a resistance in our body if we feel it's not right we might even hear a message we might have a visual of something and so knowing, it's very individualized, so knowing what is right for me, what is right for my body. We can do that with supplements too, because um, I, I go to an integrative physician, and sometimes I'll think, I'm, think I'm on way too many supplements, and I'll start, hold, I'll pick up the bottle of supplements and hold it against my heart and go inside, and it gives me a message like, is this resonating with me? Mm-hmm. Do I need, should I keep taking this? Kind of reminds me of muscle testing. It is. That, yeah, yeah. Very, yeah. very similar to muscle testing. Oh, yeah. This is so, so needed, this conversation. Oh, Thank okay. you so much for sharing your story, Mary. And I think many women can benefit from your wisdom. And someone is probably listening right now who's just experienced the trauma of a diagnosis. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. right now, I guess take those five deep breaths for a start. That's yes. a great place to start. But if someone wants to get in touch with you and work with you to maybe learn some of those self-hypnosis practices yes. or get your CDs, where can they find you? You can find me at womenstherapeutic.com and my email is mary at womenstherapeutic.com. And I would be honored to help anyone on this journey and help to move from um, fear to acceptance to power the power to transform this experience and transform your life mm. so beautifully said thank you so much mary thank you appreciate very much this opportunity mm. namaste namaste A Journey of Hope, Healing, and Waking Up is a small but powerful book about healing from one of life's greatest tragedies, the loss of a child. It's about love and sadness and being human. 
The nine lessons in Back to Happy are intended to be food for a broken but awakening soul. Healing from grief and loss is possible. Finding joy again is possible. Back to Happy in paperback, Kindle, and audiobook at Amazon.com. For more information, visit backtohappybook.com.